you are listening to the Gourmet Pens Club podcast. This is a collective of creators and callings that bring us together. Here are your hosts, Aziza and Candice. Hello, welcome back to the Gourmet Pens Club. This is episode five. Here's where we hang out and chat about pens and inks and life, just like we do when we're all chilling at a pen meet. So grab a cup of tea and join us. I'm Aziza. I'm Candice. Let's, Let's hang, hang out. out. Okay, Fountain Pen Day just passed. I initially thought that you hadn't bought anything, but then I realized it was me that hadn't bought anything. That's right. You wish that I hadn't bought anything, perhaps, but it feels like I haven't just because it, I ordered it from Japan and it's going to take a while to get here. So I haven't been going on and on about my purchase, but I'm sure we'll be talking about that in a future episode. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely go go through it and, and share it. I, I just wanted to bring this up because sometimes on these days where there's sales and deals, it's really easy to buy something we don't really want. Yes. And I ended up not looking at any of the emails I got. First, I was busy because we had released the Franklin Christoph stars on Sapphire Lakes that day. But also, I really didn't want anything. And so I just thought, you know, if I don't look and don't see the sweet offers and deals, maybe I wouldn't be tempted. So I actually made it throughout the day and I didn't buy anything. But one of the questions that kind of pops up into my head is like, how do we resist buying something? Which sounds kind of silly. Of course, it's a first world problem. But in the pen world, how do we resist? How do we ignore something that's tempting? And Candice, I know that you and I talk about this a lot because sometimes I will send you something on Instagram <laughs> and say, please penable me. Right. Or please help me. Yeah, like help me resist. <laughs> that's right. And you do the same and I'll ask you something like, okay, am I supposed to convince you to buy it or convince you, you not, not to buy it? it. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's a, something interesting that we could just chat about a little. Yeah. I mean, so obviously the first thing to do is as you did, not look at the sales, yeah. you know, and I, I hate to say, you know, don't go on Instagram because it is an, it is a temptation, right? You have people suffer from FOMO or you just see things that you didn't think you could live without. And of course you must need, but now that you've seen it, that that is difficult. Um, but the one thing I think just, I think works and it's sort of a reasonable approach is to, you know, hesitate before pressing that buy button. And th this goes for not just pens, obviously, right? Just yeah. for anything. And yeah. and one of the things too is don't do it in the middle of the night. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> right? Sometimes like you're tired. Yeah, shopping. 2 a.m. That's right. You look at something. Oh gosh, that looks really good. It's a really it's a really great deal. Or yes. or I, I can't live without this. And obviously, the best thing to do is just to kind of close the browser. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah. And some people have different time frames that you should walk away. Some people it's an hour, two hours a day. Yeah. You know, um, we play the game of, oh, it wasn't meant to be. If it if it's still Which there, then it's sad, sad I know, consolation. I know. But, and of course, you know, this is, you know, we talk about this and I don't think we've mentioned this before, but I never want to think that we're showing off any of our pens or feel like, you know, I feel very fortunate that I have the opportunity that I can buy some pens that a lot of people I know it's out of the budget for some people. Yeah. And I never want people to feel, you know, that they need to go out and buy these expensive pens. No, I mean, definitely not the case. But but if, you know, since you've asked that question as to how we can resist things, I think that's one of the biggest things that has helped me. And I, I think you know that I'm in a mode of sort of trying to cut back on my collection and try to be more reasonable and thoughtful in my purchases. And that's one of the tools that I use is to just stop and think about it, which sounds very basic. It and sounds most obvious, people have. But, some, but sometimes we don't. We just think, 
this is a great deal or it's shiny, I really want it or right. something like that. I'm never going to see this particular pen again and I must grab it now. I think that's a really big one. Yeah. And sometimes I, it's valid if you are, sometimes. you know, if you are at that point in your collection and you can afford it. I mean, that's the one thing I always, always say. Never buy anything on credit. I definitely always have the money before I purchase. Yes. And I always put, as soon as I commission a pen, I put money aside for it. Oh, you're and so, so responsible. Yeah. So when it comes up six months from now or whenever, the money is always there. Right. Um, so, you know, obviously practice, you know, fiscal responsibility. Yes. Which is, I, I remember this, this comes to mind because I remember when uh, Matt, the pen habit, first got into reviewing, he actually publicly shared this because yes. he spent a lot on fountain pens. Yeah. And he said that a lot of it was on credit and yeah. that he had to clear the debt. Yeah. And it's really easy to fall into this trap of, yes, I need this pen. And I, indeed, I don't like to fuel that either, which is one of the reasons that with the Gourmet Pen Shop, I'm doing my best to make sure everything is not like a limited edition where it's this is the only time you'll ever get it because I want people like the whole goal of the shop is to make people happy and help them connect with something, whether it's something they already own or teaching them something like in a workshop mm -hmm. or maybe it is a new pen or a new ink, but I want to help them connect to something that brings them joy. But I don't want them to feel like I have to buy this right now. This is the only time I'll ever get it. I'm going to put this on my credit card and then pay interest on my credit card, whatever it is. Right. I don't like that. It, it makes me sad. And that kind of defeats the purpose of the whole goal that I have with not only the shop, but like with my personal YouTube channel and all that. The whole idea is joy, slinging ink, spreading joy. And so I wanted to you know, ask your opinion, what strategies you use. One of the things that I think is really important on Instagram, on Fountain Pen Day, uh, James, JK underscore pens, he posted a photo and the photo said Fountain Pen Day reminders. You are enough. You don't need pens to prove your worth. The second point was it's okay to just enjoy what you have. You don't have to buy anything. And lastly, if you do buy things, try to patronize small businesses, the independent makers and small retailers put their hearts into this niche hobby. And I think that's really something to remember. I have to do this often myself because I too keep a little pen budget in my PayPal. Mm -hmm. And so it's always there at the back of my mind. I don't often splurge beyond it. I try to be responsible. <laughs> I'm an adult now. <laughs> I'm fiscally responsible sometimes, not always. Uh, but I really, I really like that post. And I think that sometimes we forget we can look at our own pencil cases yep. or pen cases and find something like there's joy waiting to be found. So one of my strategies is before I buy something, I, this sounds really, really silly, but am I buying this because I want to enjoy the pen or the ink. Usually it's a pen because mm -hmm. it's typically a bigger purchase. Uh, so it's, it's do I want to enjoy the pen or do I just want to take pictures of it to share? <laughs> I know that sounds so vain and so insane, but you'd be surprised how many times I thought, oh, I really want this pen. And then I'm like, that's just because I'm picturing the pictures right. that I could post on Instagram. Right. And then I'm like, wait, I don't actually necessarily want this pen. I just want to show it right. on Instagram, which is disgusting. <laughs> and it's, I think we all have a little bit of that and it's just being really aware of it. So that's one of my strategies. I ask myself, is this for pictures 
or is this for me? And I get a lot of questions about how many pens do you have in your pen collection? What does your pen collection look like? And the irony is that the majority of my pens, most people haven't seen because those are the ones that I really truly use a lot. And I use them because I enjoy them, not because I want to take pictures and show them. So it sounds, it sounds crazy. And this is totally kind of a crazy idea that I came up with it. 2 a.m. to discuss this? Well, I think it's, I mean, it's 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 really interesting how obviously everyone is personal. So you have a different purpose for your collection and different strategies as to how you want to collect your pens, how you want to curate your pens, which I think we can get into another episode yeah. in terms of curating. Yeah. But um, definitely, I think if you stop and if to, to answer your specific question about how to sort of control the spending I think the other thing too is not only just asking why are you purchasing it, yeah. but also what do I already have in my collection? Yes. And and that goes for whether you are trying to collect different colors or maybe you're trying to collect the same color. Yeah. Um, so for example, I just saw someone post um, a bunch of purple pens that they have. And then the question was, what other purple am I missing? So it's really oh, shades yeah. of purple. Yeah. And it was beautiful. But but again, even though it is purple, it was different shades of purple that this yes. person's collecting. That's a nice curation technique. Yeah. And I don't remember the person's Instagram right off the top and hopefully I'll find it. We can put it in the, in the show okay. notes because it's a pretty picture. Okay. Um, but yeah, definitely it, you, um, you, you come up with these strategies to sort of try and control the impulse spending. But indeed, I did see JK Penn's yeah. post and truly Fountain Pen Day is not just for buying, but also for enjoying your pens yeah. and using them and sharing them, even your your existing collection, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I know a lot of people run giveaways on Fountain Pen Day. I a last strategy I would recommend is to borrow pens from friends. And I know often like I will play with your pens, I'll play with cheese pens, uh, Simmer's pens. And you guys, you know, we we share pens because it allows us to enjoy something that maybe you just need to get it get out, out of your, your system. system. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes when you're like, oh, I might want to buy that pen. I'm like, you could just borrow mine, right? play with it, get it out of your system. And usually that works. Yes. <laughs> which is a great strategy. So if you can, you can borrow. There is is a website called Pen Sharing where you can rent a pen. Although I think that's only the UK, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Hopefully we have listeners in the UK. Hello. <laughs> um, hopefully, but we will link to it so you could check it out. So I have to say, um, I remember when that, when I think it's John came yes. up with that, that idea. I thought that is such a crazy idea. There's no way who in the world would agree to put your pens up for sharing and then allow other people to borrow your pens yeah. and, and share it. I thought that wasn't a good idea, but it occurs to me that I think I do that anyway. I mean, as you know, I sell a lot of my pens because I'm always sort of curating. And a lot of times I sell my pens that I have just actually purchased within weeks. And because I don't always obviously sell them for what I paid for them. I end up selling them at a discount. Yeah. It's like I'm renting them anyway. It's just that, you know, they're, they're my pens that I get. It's a more brand permanent new. rental. Well, not even then, because <laughs> so, sometimes I buy a pen used yes. and I enjoy it for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or however long. And then I think, you know what? I'm okay. Yeah. And I can sell it. And so it's like I'm I'm renting them anyway. So I'm sorry, John. It is actually a brilliant idea. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, it, it really is. Yeah. I think that's a really nice way of looking at it. And sometimes you and I will be discussing the price that you're listing a used pen for. Yeah. And the, the difference in what you paid to what you're asking is 
we both say, well, that's just your rental fee. Right. Right. You're you're it's totally fine. Yeah. I think it's a really nice way to enjoy pens and not accumulate so many that you're not able to actually use them. Right. Or if, if that's your goal, if in that's your, your goal, which it is for me. Uh, some people have the space yeah. and the ability to have multiple pens. And that's fantastic. I envy that. I do not have that much space. And I I borrow a lot because I do reviews, I'm really lucky that I get it out of my system. So I, oh my gosh, Candace, this leads me right into something that we just did. <laughs> so I'm very no, fortunate. I'm <laughs> no, it's very exciting. Oh, okay, okay. Remember, it's, uh, we recently, well, I recently got a giant package from Applebaum. Yes. And typically, I don't really care for the gift wrapping because I feel bad. Like, I feel like it's being wasted on me because usually I know what it is. But this time, most of the package he sent was a surprise. And so Candace and Chi are here and we were... It was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, we, we all gathered for the podcast recording, but then I thought... Maybe they can help me open this stuff. Yes. And and truly, it was really fun. Yes, it was. It was fun to, it felt like Christmas. Of, of course, it's more exciting for me. Definitely, right? but we will get to play but with you guys, your pens. Yeah, you'll get to play with everything. And if you want to take pictures of things and ink pairings, you'll get to do all of that. And I think that's a really fun experience. So I just want to give Applebaum a shout out because they're really solid about sending things for me to review in terms of letting me do what I want with it. As in, sometimes I rip it apart (laughs) and sometimes I really love it. Well, I mean, as a reviewer, that's important, right? To be honest in your reviews. Sometimes people, sometimes companies don't like when I'm honest and I've had requests to not post a video or alter something because they didn't like what I was saying. And usually in those cases, I have said, I'm sorry. The only option is I will not post it for you, but I'm not going to change what I've said. Anyway, uh, I, there's really no point to this except for the fact that it was really exciting to unwrap like 20 things and they were all gift wrapped. And that was the time that it was fun to have it gift wrapped. Yes. So I, re- I really had fun with that. This kind of brings me to another point about what really niggles my nib. But first, what is niggle? Verb. Cause slight but persistent annoyance, discomfort, or anxiety. And <laughs> so it's... It just felt right. The alliteration was hilarious, right? What niggles my nib. And what it is in the pen world is we will just kind of talk about something that annoys us. It's a a little pet peeve, a little irritation, (laughs) a little frustrating. We promise not to name names. We will will be very respectful, (laughs) right? We'll be respectful. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Uh, Today I'm naming uh, a big company. And they'll never listen to this. And if they do, I hope they will take it to heart and do something about it. Because Mont Blanc, I have a lot of your pens. Aziza, what <laughs> niggles your nib? <laughs> Candace, let me tell you. I recently did a video on a Mont Blanc Enzo Ferrari. I'm sorry, Ferrari. Fountain pen. Ferrari. Uh, Ferrari. And I did purchase it from Apple Bohm, But because I was really impatient... I did not select nib tuning from Annabelle Sophie Hiller, who is their resident nib specialist. And a nib tuning, not a grind, is free of charge. It just delays your order. And this was actually a gift for somebody else. So I was like, no, no, I just want to get it now. Surely it'll be fine. Well, in the video, which we will link to, it was a complete disaster. The broad nib is tremendously hilarious like half the video i couldn't get it to write oh geez and the irony 
or the painful part of it is that Mont Blanc included a nib test certificate where they have written. Well, obviously, I don't know what they did with it, but it did not perform that way for me. Do you think maybe it's the paper that they used? I think. And also, when you dip test a nib, even right. if it's over-polished, it typically it writes. Write. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe they should have looked at the nib under a loop a little more carefully. So what really niggles my nib is when you buy a pen, and especially when it's a several hundred dollar pen. And it don't write. Yeah. And not everybody has access to a Nibmeister. In the end, I did get it tuned by Matthew Chen, Pactagon yeah. at Scriptus. It writes beautifully now. But I mean, not everybody can get that done. And you have to pay for that. And you have to pay it, for right? it. Which, which is, is which is worth it always. I think it's always worth it to have your pen tuned by Nibmeister, but... It is because he didn't just tune it to write. He tuned it to the recipient's writing angle. Right. So that added benefit was great. But I mean, it's really annoying. It was like a, a sub $1,000 pen, yeah. but over $600 pen. Yeah. You know, Montblanc will never listen to this. And I have multiple Montblancs. I'm shameless in that they really, really niggle my nib and I still buy them because I really like some of the stuff they do. But it's absolutely infuriating because imagine I had just given this pen straight to the recipient. Yeah. They'd be like, what? Oh, thanks. Thanks for this pen that doesn't write. So... Candace, do you have anything that niggles, that niggles nib? my nib? Um, not today. Not today. I'm, oh, I'm actually content. I'm, I'm actually content, chill, or just really tired <laughs> after the night that I had. Candace has had a rough night. I had a rough night, but but she has a puppy. But but actually, one of the things that you say um, in terms of spending all that money on a pen and it doesn't write, it kind of goes back to the beginning when we started talking about purchasing expensive pens and not having. You know, you don't always have to buy obviously expensive pens. And somebody on the Canadian Fountain Pen Facebook group, yes, what's the name of the us, Canadian fountain pen, pen enthusiasts. enthusiasts yeah. Yeah. Just asked that question. She was, um, I think she bought her first gold nib pen and it was a custom, Pilot Custom 74, I think it was. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, talking about the old, do you need a gold nib? And and what, you know, what sort of is the best deal to get an inexpensive gold nib and what's the money to spend? And, and you, you definitely don't have to, certainly there is no correlation necessarily to the amount of money you spend and how a pen writes. Oh, definitely. Right? It definitely caps out at a pretty low number. Yeah. I mean, some of some of the most inexpensive pens in my collection. Yeah. Um, a lot of the moon men's that I have are actually pretty stellar writers. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's true. It, it really is just obviously a personal preference to. I have uh, one of those Jinhao X159s, which is for all intents and purposes, a Mont Blanc Meisterstück Duck. 149 copy. Yes. I'm sorry. W call it what you want, but it looks the same, etc. And the Jinhao writes better than the Enzo Ferrari does. And it was like 10 bucks. That's right. So it is a very annoying, nib-niggling experience <laughs> that I really wanted to share. And it, it came, it, this kind of stemmed from the fact that I, I get things to review sometimes and sometimes they perform terribly. And I'll say so <laughs> and then never hear from the manufacturer or company or place again. And so I think places that let me be honest about what I have, it, like that's that's re uh, doing a service to the fountain pen community. Anyway, Absolutely. I've, di I've di digressed. <laughs> so there is niggling of the nib. Uh, next up, Candace, I wanted to ask you something because I know you have a new pen. I know you bought this pen used and this kind of ties in with how you sell pens and pass them on. So you have a new pen that's very shiny. Please tell me about it. I have a new to me, Mr. Cypress 
Rodden pen. It's called Modern Rodden Forever. I think it's, I sorry, I had to hesitate because their names are very similar and I, I have a few of their pens. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like shiny and so Rodden completely fits into my collection. But this one is, um, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes, but this one is ivory in color. And so I do not have any other sort of, I, it's faux ivory. Um, yes. I do not have any Rodden pens this color and it's just beautiful. When I first saw it, I think they first released it. I'm not sure when it was. I looked at it and I had a few Rodden pens in my collection. And even though this was different, I didn't think I could justify the purchase at the time. So being fiscally responsible, I decided to... So mature. To, yes, so <laughs> I decided to let it go and sort of enjoy the Rodden pens that I had. But when I saw this one for sale, used, oh, it was, it just really called out to me. Um, and in terms of how I find these used pens, I mean, certainly we can... That is a special episode we'll do. We can, yeah, yeah. we can have a special episode on on that. I would really love to sure. chat about our curation techniques because we recently helped each other curate our collections. Yes, we did. And I think that would be a really fun episode to do. Shall I tell you about my pen? Yes, I will. Because I also bought mine used. And it is, speak of the devil, it is a Mont Blanc <laughs> 146 Webster, which is a silver pen with a pink section and a flamingo on the nib. I got it at a superb price. And the funny thing is when it first came out, I really wanted it. But I was like, okay, this is over my budget. Also being fiscally responsible <laughs> and mature, I disregarded. But when it came up on Panatic Slack for sale, I snapped it up instantly because I was like, this is meant to be. It truly was meant to be. And it has a medium nib, so it doesn't suffer from the baby's bottom that Montblanc's broader nibs tends to suffer from, like the Ferrari. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun and I'm really enjoying it. I briefly thought about selling it because I thought it was too heavy. And for some reason, I re-inked it with an ink that is not as dry because I initially used Montblanc's Ladies Edition Pop Pink, mm -hmm. which is a little dry. Yeah. I just used their Royal Blue and somehow I found a sweet spot on it, which is really fun. So I'm really enjoying it. And another thing, you know, there goes to show that play with your inks because it gives you a different experience. Anyway, that's my new pen. I also bought it used and I... Aziza, appeased. you mentioned pen addict Slack. What yes. is that? Ah, well then, Slack is a platform uh, for chatting and often I believe it's used for workspaces, but the pen addict is a a really happy little world of people who have been following Brad at The Pen Addict. So, so this is Brad Dowdy. Brad Dowdy. And we can include links for The Pen Addict and The Pen Addict Slack. It is invite, so you have to request an invite. But if you're well-behaved and a decent human being, there should be no issues. It's, a re it's really a nice place to get to know other pen friends. A great platform for buying and selling. And... Just really fun for finding your people that's not in podcast form or pen show meets form. Right. And it's not like an, they have different channels too, right? Yes. So yes. Um, it's nicely organized that way. At first, when I got onto the Slack channel, I didn't like it. Yeah, it was very overwhelming and confusing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly that. Overwhelming and confusing. But yeah. I was motivated to try and find deals. And this was at a time <laughs> when I re really wanted to uh, find the deals, find all the deals. And it is very dangerous that way. Yes. Warning. It comes with a warning yeah. that is... But usually great prices. I have found some amazing prices. Yeah. You found your... That's where I found my Webster. Webster and yeah. um, this pen that I bought, the Mr. Mister Cypress Rodden pen, yes. it was actually first listed on Slack, but I resisted. Oh. <gasps> 
And then I actually ended up purchasing it from a different channel. But just to get back to the Slack, they yes. have different channels. They have Market Watch, which is also very interesting and dangerous because people will post things that are newly released yep. and um, just news about new things coming up, yep. stationary related items, not just pens. Yes. And yes. Um, there are pen show uh, channels there as well. And EDC, if you're into e- yeah, that. That's right, EDC. Pencils. Pencils. Yes. Um, there's a sell trade. There's a general. There's um, look what I created or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like plug yourself. Plug, like, plug your the wares that you, you made yeah. yourself. Or, it's or it's actually a really nice place. Yeah. I, I think my experience there has been quite positive, unlike my experience with places like Reddit, where which are less positive. I, I think the Slack is, if you're looking for a community that you can check in on when you feel like it. Like you don't have to have your notifications on. Yeah. It's a really nice place. So that is a, that's a, a really fun place. And oh yeah, they have pen shows, a pen show channel. Yes. And uh, speaking of pen shows, we have no more pen shows that we're attending this year. No, we, unfortunately not. Yeah, unfortunately. We ended up skipping the Ohio pen show because it was the week after Scriptus, the weekend after Scriptus, and we were both dead. And <laughs> basically, that is correct. So the next show we will be at is the Philadelphia pen show. In Oh, no, I will be at the Philly show. Yeah. Candice, where I will know. you be? I will be in Florida. Yeah, so I mean, I can't, really, I can't really fault you for that. So the Philly pen show is, I think, the 13th, 14th, 15th. It's mid-January. I'll link to it. And it's a really nice show because it's chilly and crisp outside in Philly. And the hotel is really nice. And it's, it's a really cozy show. It's not tiny. It's not huge. I just enjoy it a lot. And I'll probably be teaching workshops. So I think you should come out if if you can. It'll be really cool. Yeah. Woo. And, and, yeah. and so the next... Sort so of. the next event, yes, we are recording this the weekend before the Pelican Hub. That's the next event we'll be at. So if you're listening to this, tune in for the next episode where we will do a full report of the Toronto Pelican Hub and we will let you know how it goes and I'm sure it'll be fun. Aziza, what pens are you planning to bring <gasps> to Pelican Hub? I have, I think, four Pelicans left in my collection. So I have an M1005 an M800 brown tortoise shell, uh, an M450 rolled gold tortoise, and an M400 brown tortoise. And i that's all I have left. Wow. So I will bring those four. Now, you don't have to own a pelican Absolutely to, to attend. So because I know someone bring... in the room doesn't have any pelican pens. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still going. Okay, there's two people in the room. No, 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 no. You have a pelican pen? I have pelican pens because I have pelican nibs. That doesn't count. <laughs> of course it counts. That's, that is the heart of the pen. <laughs> the heart of the pen, I say. I wish you could see her. Fair. I, I'm actually, so I'm actually, first of all, I'm bringing um, a bunch of my Mr. Cypress pens because somebody requested mm. that when we show up, she wanted to see, I think she's fallen down a rabbit hole and yes. is digging herself deeper, a deeper, deeper. Yes, yes. not digging herself. She'll use digging. other people's pens <laughs> to right. dig that hole deeper. <laughs> That's right. But I'm also probably what I'm probably going to do is put some of my pelican nibs on those Mr. Cypress pens. That is fun. So that is a fun idea. And I think I'll probably at least bring two nibs. One is a, I have a broad architect um, Mm. pelican with a M600 nib. Oh, I do know that one. And the reverse writes a fine, fine grind. Mm. And (laughs) the, uh, I have an EF Flex, one of the old style, which yes. I purchased from you. Yes. <laughs> it, it was better in your hands yes. than mine. Yes. I you really, like really extra like fun, it. Yeah, so. That's right. So I'll probably put those on my Mr. Cypress pens. Fantastic. Well, I think I think this was a really fun time. I had fun. I hope you did too. I think we've done enough needling and irking and plaguing of things. <laughs> I think if anybody has something that if you if something needles your nib, 
please share with us gourmetpensclub at gmail.com. That's right. We don't have to. It doesn't just have to be needling our nib. Our nib. It can it needle be, your nib. That's right. No, we can report on that. <laughs> yeah. So if it niggles your nib. <laughs> so I, I'm very confused by all these letters. <laughs> if, yes, please, please share with us. We would love to chat about it on the podcast. And we're going to wrap up. I'm Aziza, Gourmet Pens, Gourmet Pens Shop. And we are Gourmet Pens Club. And I'm Candace, Inks and Anchors on Instagram. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Questions, comments, or suggestions? shoot us a message at gourmetpensclub at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. Uh, at some point when I do this, I'll be like, that means wrap oh, up, to right? action. Oh, oh okay. Uh, so this is actually a wrap-up. Like, yeah, okay. Wrap-up? On set. And this is call to action? No, this is just... <laughs> just like, I red just, alert, pay I attention? Just, I just made this up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the CTA is the call to action. I actually think that was a really good topic. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. 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 And I think next week we should do the hub yeah. and how we curate. My curation is... My words are... What would an old white guy like? <laughs> That's okay. And that's how I buy my We should we should have you <laughs> Yeah, we should, I fucking hate you so bad. We should oh, no. have um again? Yeah. And it's orange. It's yeah. orange, yeah. which is amazing. A few times. That crinkly that crinkly sound is really nice. Yeah. I I really like that bag actually. The keys are very soft touch. Yeah, they're super light keys. So you don't have there's, to press them hard. This keyboard is basically set up to be an exact copy of hers. Here's why. I had a really clicky one, and because I type really fast, he just couldn't deal with it.